Hi folks, this is Samir, your host for 21 Leaves, where we talk about exciting topics with amazing people that can help your career, your business, and even your life. Today, our guest is Jim Caruso. And Jim has an extensive career in corporate in consulting and for the last 10 years in higher education. He's traveled to 15 countries, to more than 15 countries across the five continents and worked with over 100 companies. He's also authored two papers on business simulations. Jim, welcome and thank you for being here. Thanks, Sunil. It's great to be here. Great. So, Jim, let's start with um, your career journey and how business simulations have played a role in this journey that you have been on. Yes. I've been very fortunate in my, in my career in learning and development to experience it from you know, three major types of organizations, meaning uh, training consultancies that are also communication and simulation based, also from a corporate L&D perspective, as well as in higher education, both from an executive education perspective and um, also as an adjunct management professor. And I've loved what I've uh, been do doing all the, you know, all this time in this career. I've um, first got my interest in training when I was in a big aid accounting firm, and there was an instructor who was on the 94th floor of the World Tra Trade Center talking about communication and presentation skills. And I said to myself, I want to be there, you know, someday in the future. That's what my role was going to be. Mm -hmm. So when I went for my MBA, um, I was able to learn all the content, business acumen, leadership, and so forth. But I also was able to be a teaching assistant on a course called Managing Group and Interpersonal Dynamics. And I loved when the professor gave me an opportunity uh, to teach a course, uh, a section on giving and receiving feedback. That's when I first got introduced to TRACOM Social Styles, which I love that and its variations uh, to date. But also in my last month, in one month, I got exposed to two types of experiential learning. One was on our, our class was the first one to go to the former Soviet Union in Eastern sure. Europe on a 16 day residency. Mm -hmm. And we also, in my last semester, I took a capstone MBA class where I fell in love with business simulations. Good. Now, regarding you know training and the interest in the various training consulting firms, one of my fellow students, colleagues, showed me this book that he got from his sister. It was called the Instructional System Associations. It's a list of all the training providers, the consulting firms. These are the firms that I wanted to work for. Um, and I was able to do that. My, my first position with one of these was uh, one of the big three communication or presentation skills firm in New York. And I learned the skill of how to be a facilitator and instruct mm -hmm. to be able to teach. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to date myself when I, the transition from New York to Philadelphia was mm. when in the Tuesday Wall Street Journal in the career section where they listed jobs, I found this job, strategic <laughs> management group, you know, mm. consultant. And there I spent 10 years, moved to Philadelphia, where I still am today. And I was able to first start out with business acumen, learning the content and to teach all of these things with a business simulation. I added on project leadership. Mm -hmm. leadership and sales. And then I was able to integrate all of them. So that was in, you know, uh, SMG uh, with corporate clients and teaching business simulations in the risk-free environment that simulations provide. 
And then, as you mentioned, in the last uh, decade, I was in higher education and I was able to, um, you know, teach a simulation designed in an executive education course, but also in two instances, one using a simulation in a required MBA course that has mm -hmm. simulation. I taught that, you know, 10 times and it also in an analytic simulation. And today, more recently uh, in my own firm, and obviously due to COVID, I'm instructing a lot using simulations now vir virtually. So that's kind of where I, you know, where I started and how I've used simulations throughout my whole career. Great, great. Well, someday we should talk about your trip to Russia. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was, that was fascinating. And, um, it, you know, we look at one of the things from business school, one of my highlights when I talk to uh, incoming students that are, what are some of the highlights? That was one of my highlights. And mm -hmm. in my first semester, I got introduced to international business and European integration before it happened. Mm -hmm. And then that trip to Russia where they were making the transition from, you know, um, to, to Gorbachev and eventually Yeltsin and so forth and the perestroika. And obviously we know how things have turned back, you know, today. But I've been following those two major areas in in Europe, uh, you know, since I graduated business school. But it was a fascinating experience to be there during I that bet. time. I bet. <laughs> you know, in uh, the two papers that you authored, you yes. you distinguish the simulations between uh, enterprise simulations and scenario-based simulations. Can you tell us a little about a little bit about these categories? Yes, sure. So first, you know, simulations, everyone has their definition, but they're, you know, they can be computer-based, web-based. It's one of the tools or methodology that an instructor or facilitator has in their toolbox. Mm -hmm. And it's a learn by doing approach and it has a various process. And simulation, as I was, le you know, learning, getting exposed to them, they came in two major types, broad types, total enterprise simulations and scenario-based simulations. So a total enterprise simulation is where, let's use an example of a, of a class, whether this is in the corporate world or the hired world, of 25 participants, five teams, five on each team. Mm -hmm. And they're running their own business on all along the, you know, the business cycle from mm -hmm. sale strategy to sales, to marketing, to research and development, to production, as well as the financial decisions. They mm -hmm. make their decisions, they're running their own company, competing against those other participant teams. And they see what their results are projected to be, but not until we process the results of all those four companies, we mm. see what the actual results are. So they learn um, the impact of the decisions, they develop critical thinking skills, and they also have time for reflection. And that's one of the benefits of simulation, the reflective redo. They can mm. don't start from the beginning. They can go back from the last round and make adjustments in the next round. So total enterprise simulation where you're running a company, you know, typically it could be a manufacturing company with the students or participants. They are for types of content. It can be mostly business acumen content typically. And that would be finance, accounting, strategy, marketing, operations, analytics, and all the topics that fall underneath that. And of course, that's its primary. I can also mention how leadership can be given mm. in there when there's more complexity. But let's take the other one standalone first, scenario-based simulations. Mm. What's different from, think of these as, as a case study. There's a context, mm. a situation, there's a certain organization where it's the team, you have organizational issues, you have the, the team issues, you might have a leader and the individuals. You're dealing with all these trade-offs and conflicts and you have to make decisions. 
And the, and the sim, a simulation like this will go for maybe one or two rounds where a total enterprise simulation could go from four to eight rounds or periods. Mm -hmm. But in this scenario-based simulation, the beauty is they both help you with critical thinking and trade-offs. And when you're doing the simulation, the, the key is the debrief with the participants. You'll mm -hmm. go to a team and say, why you, what, what selection did you choose and why? Mm -hmm. And get the reasoning behind that. Then I'll ask another group, how did you, did you handle it the same way? Why or why not? And you get that conversation yeah. going and you get them to link it to their real world. Because here you're developing judgment. You know, yeah. leadership management is not a cookie yeah. cutter approach. You have to pry everything to the situation. I considered all these things and this is why I made this decision in this context. So those are the two major, you know, differences or types of simulations. But for scenario-based simulations, again, at a basic level, they can be uh, typically leadership topics like coaching, mm -hmm. change management, um, and influence, and so forth. But remember, as you, they also teach a business acumen topic like analytics or strategy. But as you get more complexity in simulation, the more it is to real life, like in a total enterprise simulation, mm -hmm. you can also bring in those leadership topics. You're always going to have a team and people and interpersonal dynamics. You're going to have influencing. Um, the various communication styles, conflict, and so forth. You could have the leader of a team. You could even have coaching. So that's how they are, total enterprise and scenario-based. But the integration of so many ways of content, levels of participants, companies, and so forth. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good uh, classification of the, of the simulations. Where the total enterprise, you're saying it's, it basically encompasses everything in the business, all the aspects of the business. Um, and yes. uh, your scenario based is very specific to either you know something like project management or leadership or even communications. Yeah, you know, so you, but, go ahead. Mm -hmm. go on. You had uh, you in your one of your classes, you had this blue detergent product simulation. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about how that worked and what was the objective there? Yeah, so th this class was for a graduate a master's of science in business analytics. Mm -hmm. This was a required course in the beginning of their one to two year degree to get the business acumen from an analytics perspective. Remember mm -hmm. there, this was information systems course and mm -hmm. organizational strategy. This was one class out of a whole semester. And here, the goal was to add business acumen. Here, it was primarily marketing and mm -hmm. datalytics with a little bit of finance and strategy over four periods. So the, the case study was you know, based on a, a laundry detergent. And there's okay. also a, another Harvard case study on Procter & Gamble that's optional to use in this. But the students here are learning to align you know, strategy and business analytics to make better business decisions with real, based upon data versus mm. intuition. Mm. So they had time to understand the case study, the situation, the competition, the market. They were able to make their strategy. And then they had various markets and they had a forecast demand. So first they're looking mm. at, you know, from an analytics perspective, descriptive analytics, mm. where, you know, what happened in the prior period. But the more important skill set to develop for the students was the diagnostic analytics. Mm. Why did things happen? So you start again, that critical thinking yeah. process. Why did things change, go up or down? Why did the competitor do that? What does that mean? What can I do to change that? Also the simulation 
gave one tool for forecasting or predictive analytics mm. using a Monte Carlo simulation. So you could look at demand in various markets and see various scenarios of how you would help plan and make your business decisions. So that essentially was done over two, you know, over two sessions of a course, four mm. rounds. And in between the two, the two sessions, they were able to have re reflection questions and a final mm. debrief. So the students, again, were able to get that business acumen perspective as being from an analytic student. And I've always believed, you know, the business world, <laughs> managers need to understand the power of analytics, AI, and all technology and machine learning, and vice versa. People who are in analytics need, need to know the business needs like profitability, revenue, cash flow, and growth. Yeah, no, that's that's that sounds exciting. And uh, how did it turn out in the class? Is, is there a competition? Is this competitive? Oh, yes. So the dynamic between the teams. Yes. So the, the competition is this is all, all the various ways of looking at a simulation. So here you had everyone doing the same scenario. Each person was doing it individually. So okay. you have a ranking of 35 students of how they did after each mm -hmm. round. So they were doing it individually, you know, on their own outside the classroom preparing. But in the classroom, they were actually making decisions in, of their a company for four years using their own laptop, but then the debrief would be a a, a re review of the results from all thirty five students. Got it, got it, got it. Great. You know, from when you when you talk about simulations, especially in in a in a classroom, looking at it from switching it from a instructor perspective, you know, yes. there are there are instructors who are thinking of incorporating simulations into their course and class. As a, as a learning tool, what, what guidance would you give them? I mean, there are so many, uh, so many things to say on many perspectives on this um, mm -hmm. between, and I created a simulation implementation fr uh, framework that's in one of my papers that has, you know, five major areas. You look at the course program design, you look at the students, the instructor, uh, the simulation itself and the various resources. Uh, but certain things you've got to consider, let's say, for the course or design. And again, this can be applied to both uh, academia as well as in, in corporations. Where is this simulation being used in the program? What's the overall program, the degree that they're getting? What's the goal of this course? Mm -hmm. Also, where will this simulation be used in the course? At the beginning, as more of a kickoff, in mm -hmm. the middle, at the end, or throughout the whole course? So you can scout, you have options of scaffolding content and so mm -hmm. forth. Other things to consider, you know, is this course required? Um, what's the length of the course? What other instructional methodologies are being used? Also, where are simulations being used? As I mentioned, simulations can teach lots of types of content. You don't want overlap or, you know, in, mm -hmm. in a curriculum. You want it to be things to be think or have a, have a path. This is where you learn it, exposed to it at a high level, and here's where you'll get it more in detail. You want to be able to link forward and link backwards. So, so those are some of the things with regarding the simulation, uh, you know, the, the, core, the content in the course. Now, when you look at the students, you gotta look at level, are they high school graduate or, mm. you know, undergraduate? Are they a business degree or a non-business degree? Uh, when I delivered this uh, total enterprise simulation uh, in this MBA course for 10 times, I had it in three methods. Mm. One was a whole, you know, term that was, a, all 11 sessions face-to-face, -face, 11 sessions online. And then another one was face-to-face -face just for four days. They each bring different things and the content, what you can cover and the mix of students.
So that is some of the advice regarding, you know, the first two areas in this, you know, the, the, the uh, students also, you know, they open, what about accountability? What about metrics and so forth? Now from the facilitator, mm -hmm. um, you know, from the research I've, that I've done and also talking to other folks in the, in the association that are instructors that have published also, you know, it's up to the instructor's knowledge. You can't just rely on the simulation and do everything and hide behind it. You have to know how and when to use it. You have to be ahead of the students. I say always five seconds ahead of the class. Uh, you have to know what things are going to be able to react, how to mm -hmm. link things forward backwards. You have to know what other content they're getting in a broader perspective. You also have to be able to put things that tailor it to themselves, make it relevant, like they're an individual client application. Are they applying it to their own company that they're currently working at? and mm. so forth. So those are many things for the instructor, but you have to, another major thing is to know the limitations of the simulation. Mm. As you get simple complexity, it's not going to mirror the, the real world as well. But as you yeah. add more complexity in time, it's harder. It's a harder learning curve for the participants yeah. to get up to, but it's more realistic. But regardless, you always have to bridge the gap from the sim to reality. And the instructor's you know, knowledge of all the content, business acumen and leadership and the ability to do that is key in facilitating a simulation. Now, the simulation, we talked about two types of, uh, you know, total enterprise scenario-based. We also talked about a scenario-based analytics one used. You have to know which one to use. It, you, on those levels of complexity, I would say a level one is the most simplest and it could be a single player simulation mm. that can be used individually, asynchronously, or it could also be used in a, in a group in a, in a team setting. And the most complex, I would call a level five, where you have more products and services. You might have the teams of the decisions they have to make in an organization divided into several rooms. So you get a communication issues and alignment issues. And sometimes you have then that customized simulation. You might even have union negotiations on the side. You might also have executive coaching on the team and the individual level. So you can go from a level one, very simple complexity to a level five. That's what they have to consider about the simulation. And the final area is resources. Mm -hmm. What are the resources that are available to both the participant and the facilitator, meaning instructor guides, learning guides, slides, mm -hmm. technical sport, uh, support in the moment or yeah. you know, when you really need it or how far in advance you have to call them and wait for a response? There, and there is also a learning curve on the instructor side, right? When, when initially they have to incorporate this into their course, I mean, there's a there's a little bit of a learning curve for them. Yes, and that's another issue, whether you know on the corporate side or the ed the higher educational side. And some of these simulation companies have a lot of instructor support with some of those mm. things I mentioned: the guides, the videos. You might have an account support person. You also can have train a trainer trainer for some. There's a fee for that when they send several professors to it. Um, but all these companies, whether in the corporate world or academia. Like most of the people go through a train the trainer process. You have to, you know the content, but you, if you're new to simulations, you have to know how to use it as a tool. And that comes over time with judgment and how to handle a situation. Um, and as you hear people's objections over time, mm -hmm. you put that in part of your delivery to help to bridge the gap between the sim and, and real life. And it's not just a game, it's a learning tool. And it's also, you know, edutainment. You know, mm -hmm. education and entertainment, yeah. the gamification at the same time. You know, you mentioned gamification. You, you know, if you look at the world around today, we have, you know, virtual reality, you have AI, you have games. 
um, where is where is this going? You know, as you look forward into the future, where do you think the the business of simulations is going? Yeah. So again, I don't have that crystal ball, and I can read the various <laughs> trends, but also things that I've seen. I'll give you you know some personal experience. But yes, the couple of key themes that you're going to see out there are are gamification, uh, personification, um, mm. social learning, the e-learning, AI you know, where you're able to track people individually, tailor that learning to that individual and so forth. So all those things that we've have are going to continue, but you're going to see an increase, I believe, in, you know, personalization, more experiential and, um, you know, AI and so forth. Now, one trend that I would like to say, you know, over what happened due to the pandemic, mm -hmm. many companies, you know, on the corporate side and in higher ed had to transition their face-to-face -face courses to, mm -hmm. um, learning and e-learning and virtual. So one thing that happened was that the use of a business simulation, a very engaging tool was very helpful and a savior in the uh, virtual world of, uh, you know, through Zoom and all these sessions. So it made it much more engaging for the team and the group level. Also some, and another trend was some of the simulation companies that had face-to-face -face board games, manual board games, making those decisions and seeing the impact as you move pieces around, were able to convert that experience virtually. And that was an mm -hmm. another nice transition. So those are some of the things I see uh, in the future. Of, of course, I see, you know, see growth for these simulations. And you know, most of the simulations are in North America and the trends that go here will you know, impact the rest of the world. Yeah, COVID definitely changed a lot of, Mm. perspective on what yes. you can do online and what you can do in person yes and that really simulations are a are a big component to that definitely definitely uh, well jim i uh, i have one you know uh, last question but before that is there anything else that uh, you would like to share with us before we come to our last question here yeah, I mean, I I fell in love with simulations. Obviously, I'm biased. I believe they're such a great learning tool. Uh, there's so many things you can do from the content level to the type of simulation. It's mm -hmm. one instructional tool in an integrated program where you're helping you know learners uh, apply things. It really is a great tool for critical thinking, decision making, um, managing the trade-offs, both short-term, long-term, and functional. And the benefits, again, it's a compression of time. You know, think of mm. a CFO or have, trying to teach um, to his employees or his or her employees about, you know, revenue and profitability. The simulation yeah. helps you go through several periods in a short period of time to make those key learnings. Also, you can experience the performance management life cycle in, mm. in a short period, in a day, just by going through a simulation between the hiring the, the you know, onboarding, the development, the training, giving feedback, performance development plans, and so forth. So I just hope more and more become exposed to simulations and anything I can do to help help others with that, I, um, I would love to do that. Great, great. That That is so true. Yeah, that, that compressed time frame is, is really a good benefit. You can really cycle through so many, even business cycles and annual, even annual cycles, I would say. Yeah, it's, Again, that's a risk-free environment. And I would like yes. to say, you know, the term is like reflective redo. You don't have to go, you go through a situation and after each, say, simulation round, whether it's either total enterprise or scenario-based, mm -hmm. you have go through an after-action review. You yes. know, what did we intend to do in this round? What actually happened with the results of ours as 
given the competitors? And what are we going to do next round to improve things? So it's that learning by mistakes. And sometimes the teams that make the most mistakes are the ones that learn the most. That is true. That is true. <laughs> We've definitely experienced that. Um, so Jim, the, the last question, this question I have actually uh, stolen from another podcast is, you know, Patrick O'Shaughnessy's Shaughnessy's Invest Like the Best podcast. And I like this question so much. And, and that's why I asked this question is what is the kindest thing someone has done for you? It could be anywhere, personal, professional, doesn't matter. Yeah, um, there's many things that have happened, I could say, but one that I think, you know, really comes to mind uh, as a surprise and just so happy in the after, after impact was, um, I'll go back to my college years when I was a senior and our team, um, you know, Villanova was one of the four in the, in the, the men's basketball final four. At that time, the students were only, only 500 tickets were available to students and it was mm -hmm. through a lottery. Uh, my friend who was in the basket, one of the officers in the basketball club, his sister actually won two tickets, but didn't want to go and was thinking of selling them like to wall street at a much higher price. <laughs> well, I was doing my laundry and the, my friend, you know, mentioned the situation. He goes, let me go check with her. So when I went out at the, during my laundry, I went for a run actually went to the chapel, made a prayer and everything came back and he said, my sister decided to sell the tickets to you. Oh, and wow. And that was such a fun experience from my roommate, myself and, you know, 10 other people. We went down into Winnebago, um, you know, Villanova uh, won the, the, the first game. Then they won the second game again, the championship against Georgetown, you know, a big upset. And I'm so glad I had the opportunity to experience that in my senior year of college. And, you know, it's a memory that lives with us today for all of the alums, and we're very proud of it. And I was glad I was there. I'm sure you remember that game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wonderful. Jim, it's, it's been wonderful. It's been a pleasure. And thank you so much for, uh, for coming and sharing your, uh, your experience and knowledge with us. Oh, thank you so much, Samir. I appreciate the, the opportunity, and, and, and thanks for having me. Thank you, Jim.